0: Thanks, guys! Wow, oh, I love, I love this body. I love this family. It is so good to be with you guys. Um, wow, how good is the Lord? <laughs> it, it's, it's just so sweet to, um, like even the front. And I, I've been in Spain for the last um, year or so, and. I was missing just being surrounded by people who like adore Jesus and people whose hearts are on fire for the Lord. Um, so I just want to thank you. Thank you for hosting me this summer um, in your homes. I've gotten to uh, eat with you, share stories and just hear how God is moving here in Newburgh in my in my home place. I'm going to say like this is my sending body. Um, and so it's just such an honor to be with you guys today. Um, we are I'm going to share a little bit about, yeah, what God is up to in Europe in in Spain specifically Um, And we're continuing our series, The King is Here, because the gospel is also missional, right? (laughs) And so it's kind of great that it just, Jesus is consistent in so many, so many things. So open up um, your Bibles to Luke 9. Um, And to be a believer in Christ is to be called by him and respond with our lives, amen? To respond with the whole of who we are. I love how Jake led with um, Yeah, talking about offering, we we offer our whole selves to the Lord, Um, and so I'm excited to just share, um, yeah, how we go and how we're sent. Um, So I'm going to pray, and we'll jump right in. So Jesus, uh, we lift your name up today, God. Thank you that you're the Savior of the world. Father, thank you that you give us identity and belonging when you bring us back into the kingdom, when you bring us back into your family, Um, Lord, I just pray today that um, all of my words would just honor you, Jesus, that what you want to say will be spoken, God, and anything else, Lord, will just fall away. I thank you for this people, for the saints that you're raising up as a response um, to your love and to your mercy, God, people that you have equipped and empowered to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and so we worship you, Jesus. We say that everything we do is surrounded, um, is surrounding you, God, and who you are. And so we love you. Um, we thank you for who you are. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, everyday mission. So when I first landed in Spain this last year, um, I sat in a group of other missionaries in uh, the city for these things called Revival Mornings. Um, And there was a question that they asked and they said, hey, what are you, um, what are you afraid of right now? And I was surprised what I had written. I wrote down, Lord, I'm afraid that I've come here and it's just going to be everyday normal life, that nothing's going to happen, that you've sent me, you've called me, Um, I've been commissioned and I'm not going to see anything. And the next part of the practice is to ask, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you say? God, what do you say to my fear? Um, And the response I heard from the Lord was, it's in your everyday life, you're going to see me move the most. And the supernatural, the way of the kingdom, it isn't just for this space. It isn't just for um, organized events where, okay, we're going to go worship, we're going to see God move. It's for your everyday. It's walking in between Um, your workplace. It's going to soccer practice. It's going to the bakery. Um, And so uh, he was right. And so we're going to read Luke 9 um, and see how Jesus sends out the 12. Verse 9 or verse 1. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever, whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen." Herod said, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. Now, it's funny because today kind of feels like a chapter later for me. Um, in Luke 10, it's after the 72 come back, and it's called, like, the joyful return. And so they go out, and they return to Jesus, and they and they say to him, they said, Lord, even... Uh, Lord, even the demons flee at at your name um, and basically came back and were were saying, like, what you told us to do actually happened. Your power and your authority, who you are, you are who you say you are. So they come back with joy, and he responds to them. uh, And he says, "Um, do not rejoice that the Spirit submits to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We as believers in Christ who have laid down our lives we get to pick up his. We get to pick up his mission when we lay down all that we are and we get to go in his name and he says, no, rejoice that your names are written in the kingdom of heaven. Like today in in worship, when we're lifting up the name of Jesus, the, the demonic has to flee. Darkness has to flee because Jesus is Lord. He's king. And so the surprise of the disciples when they come back is like, oh, my gosh, it works. Like, when you, sit, when you tell us to go, and we do, um, people actually get healed. People actually get saved. They get delivered. And he says, but even what's wilder, what's more wild than that is that you are part of my kingdom now. You are a citizen of heaven. You get your identity and your belonging in the kingdom of God. Um, So Luke, he wrote the gospel uh, with the book of Acts in mind. Um, He's remembered in church history as an evangelist. He was a physician and a companion of Paul, who you read a lot about in Acts. Um, And Acts 1-8 is kind of like a core verse for a lot of like sending missions. Um, So I'm going to put that up. Yeah, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I love how uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in the text that we just read, um, first Jesus calls his disciples to himself, right? So mission is initiated with intimacy to come to the feet of Jesus, like we're doing today, to come before him and see what he's doing, Um I love that testimony of just like God's movement in families that was shared um, during the welcome that I that broke me like that was that that is the heart of the Lord is to see um, people freed for families to be whole and delivered in the name of Jesus. Um, and that's the father's heart for the nations. Right. Like we're going and proclaiming the kingdom. We're praying because we want to see people um, freed by him. And to witness him, him move, testimony is a spirit of prophecy, right? Like the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. What you've seen God do in your life, he wants to do again in other people's lives, right? So when we go on mission, we approach God in the intimate place, in the secret place, and say, Lord, what have you, like, how have you saved me? Like, I love that we're a people who talk about the first love. Like when you first met Jesus, that freedom, that release, that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to give away to other people through your life. Um, so mission is initiated by intimacy with God, with closeness. The disciples were spending day to day with Jesus, and they were watching him work. And I wonder if they, like, they probably didn't realize he was going to call them together one day and be like, all right, your turn. Ready, set, go. Um, and so the next, uh, in talking about sending, going with the Lord, travel light. Maybe let's, yeah, travel light. Um, and for a second, I was, I was going to kind of, like, dive in on the take nothing I did take a second shirt to Spain, um, so I didn't just go with one pair of clothes, Um, but I think the essence of what Jesus is, is kind of conveying to his people is all of the power and authority is just in the word he speaks. You don't have to come fully prepared. I think I stood on this stage last year, actually, and I was like, guys, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, and, well, I do. I So just as a background, I play soccer over there. So I, I'm playing in um, the leagues in Spain. And so I played with a team this whole last year. Um, and in a little bit, we don't have to go there yet, we'll talk about daily discipleship and how the gospel is proclaimed in like daily interactions with people. Um, and I also got to partner and come under um, a really awesome couple who, um, they've started like a sport initiative. So they have a cross-training gym and their heart is kind of the similar thing. It is to be in proximity with people. And going back to that Acts eight verse Um go to Judea and Samaria, or Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so mission is also local. It's local. It's to your neighbors. It's to people that you've never, like, known or seen or met or have any commonality with. Um, And so it's not just for like the missionary living in Spain. It's for us as a people. Um, And again, like what was said earlier, you're being equipped right now by Jesus for something. Like you, you don't have to worry about what you're gathering to take on mission or you don't have to worry about how to be prepared. God actually prepares you in ways that you don't even realize and recognize. So travel light when you hear a word from the Lord that all of the the need that you have to accomplish his mission is in his power and authority. And so you can go in freedom knowing that he's gonna equip you. Um, ah, and the parallel story, Matthew 10. Um, so again, we're in Luke. It's awesome. Luke is like boom, boom, boom. Matthew 10 is the same story, and he like fleshes it out, there's a lot more instruction. Um, but he says this thing in, in this last year in Europe, which is very post-Christian. Um, And I think a lot of us understand being in the Portland area, being in, like, the Pacific Northwest, um, there are a lot of people who uh, are hurting and they don't want anything to do with the gospel, right? They don't want anything to do with God. Europe is honestly pretty, like, similar. The churches have been emptied and they have become museums more than places of worship. Um, And so what's happened and what uh, is really exciting for this time, I I really do believe God is reviving and renewing the church in a way that is so um, knew that we are in an era of renewal in the church and people are receptive to the gospel. And so that's a lie to think that people don't want to hear about Jesus. Everybody is looking for Jesus. Everybody wants to know the good news that we're living out, that we are living witnesses of. The scriptures say it's not just about the kingdom isn't not one of talk, but of power and the power of God fleshed out in our lives. People are going to see that, recognize that and be stirred up with curiosity. Um, and so Matthew ten nineteen, 19, I don't know if I'm jumping around, says, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. And this is why it's so important, right, to wait on the Holy Spirit, urgently wait on the Lord. I think I'm, I'm a person who's like activate let's go like hear from the lord do it right now and um it's such a good practice to be like okay god what are you saying in this moment instead of anticipating of like okay what are the answers to the questions i'm going to be asked Um, We stay in his word daily, right? Like we stay intimately connected, abiding with Jesus. So when we're in those moments with people, um, his love, his truth just like naturally comes out of us. And so don't worry about what you're gonna say. If you have a heart to see transformation in your families and the people around you, love the Lord, find the love of Jesus, love him back. And that's gonna actually pour out into your families. And I know a lot of you guys, this is even me saying this, you know it. Like you can think about moments with people where like, a response came out, and you're like, "How did that come out of me? Like, how is the Lord so good that His that um, we are like advocates of the kingdom, right? His Spirit speaks through us, and we say, rooted in His Word, to go." Okay, moving on. Uh, so Galatians 1:10. There we go. Um, and so, don't filter your ministry through acceptance. And don't anticipate how your message is going to be received. Like I said, everybody wants to know Jesus. Like everybody in whatever way they're looking for him, whether that's um, like acceptance through the world in different ways or um, whatever it is, whatever that that vice or that lure, that idol is, guys, everybody's looking for Jesus. So Galatians 1.10, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And I feel so free today after listening to Brianna and Austin preach last Sunday. Have, have, were any of you guys here? Is anybody <laughs> reaping fruit? Yeah, give it. They're so good uh, that we don't have to be under the yoke of offense in our own hearts or in other people's offense um, towards us. And so if we're trying, if we're going um, into the world, uh, like trying to please people more than we're trying to please the Lord, um, the power of Christ, the authority and power that he gives us, that, that, that's not what we're operating out of at that point, right? And so relational ministry um, is ministry based on your relationship with the Lord, right? You are free, guys. You are free to just, like, freely give away what God has given you. Um, great. And so moving into some more story time, some testimony time. You guys ready to hear some stories? It's great. Uh, side note, which I shouldn't take a side note, but I have to do it. When I was in university um, and on my soccer team actually every year, (laughs) oh no, Hannah's shaking her head. Every year we'd have superlatives, which is like most likely to fill in the blank. And praise God um, that this is not true over my life anymore. But the one I would get every year is Mariah's most likely to start telling a story that nobody understands the point of and trail off for a second and then comes back and ends the story and nobody (laughs) knows what happened. I kid you not, every year. So praise the Lord that um, he flipped that. And I'm a good storyteller. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, so Herod's curiosity. This part of the text um, also freed me up because this last year I've had so many conversations that have just it felt like, Lord, what did you just do? Like these people are curious. And Herod was hearing stories of Jesus. He was hearing stories of his disciples operating out of the power and authority of Christ, people getting healed and saved and delivered, and that evoked a curiosity. And so I'm here to tell you today, the world is curious, guys. Like, people are curious. They're hearing about how your family... um, like had restored relationship, they're hearing about the hip that got physically healed. They're healing. They're hearing about um, freedom that you're receiving in like mental health. And so, people, the curiosity of um, just witnessing to Jesus, it's it's actually happening. And so, Herod's curiosity. Um, living in Europe, you're surrounded by tons of history, churches, cathedrals, um, a lot of images of Christ of the cross, um, constant reminders of eras before. Um, and Barcelona is actually, it was a Roman outpost. Um, and so it actually has like graves of, of, like Roman graves and Roman pillars. And so this city has seen it all, right? It's, it's seen so many, um, like the age of exploration when people were, were being sent from Europe to find new lands. It's seen the inquisition where people were forced, um, to believe a certain way. Otherwise they got to get out of there. And so um, there's these constant reminders. And I think sometimes um, people can just see words on a wall and be like, ah, that means nothing. Like, words mean nothing. I need to see it. In um, Sagrada Familia is like a centerpiece. It's a cathedral in Barcelona. And thousands of people every day, they come in and out of this cathedral. And it's beautiful. And it has the whole gospel written on the side of the wall. It's written like the entire gospel of John is written on the doors people come in and out, but I'm here to, to tell you, they need to see you live it out. They need to see us in flesh, what those words actually mean. And in the power and authority of Jesus, we actually can. That That's our call as the body of Christ. We are, we are witnesses of him. Um, so first, when I, uh, first story is of a girl named Mar. Um, and so when I hit the ground, uh, my instinct, I think also in missions culture, it can be like, you are what you do, which is just so opposite of the kingdom of God. You are not what you do. You're not the works that you do. Um, you are first a son and a daughter. And so when I uh, hit the ground in Barcelona, I honestly was thankful for the years here learning that identity because I just like got caught on my porch um, like with the Lord, just feeling so loved by God, just being so caught up in the presence of the Lord. And, um, and just so grateful for who he was. But then you would hit the ground, and you're like, all right, what's the task? Where are we going? What are we doing? How am I lost in the metro this time? And um, there was uh, an event I was trying to go to, and I was walking through, like, thousands of people. Um, Parc de Citadella um, and Arc de Triomphe is, like, a tourist area. And so I'm walking through, and if you try to say hi to everybody in Europe, you'll never get to where you're going. And so it's like people are just, like, beeline. But I catch... Um, this girl's eyes, Um, this, like, young girl who's sitting off to the side, which was kind of odd, and I just heard from the Lord, hey, go pray for her. I was like, what? I'm late. And uh, and I was like, what am I talking about? What am I here for? This is what I'm here for. And and so I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I got nothing. And I'm like, oh, great. She probably doesn't even speak English. And at this point in September, I, like, have hodgepodge Spanish. Um, Luckily, later, I'll go back to class. But uh, so I go, and I, I... approach her I'm like hi and she's like hi like weirded out um and I said hey I follow Jesus I love God and I feel like he like wanted me to pray for you um can is there anything for you to pray for or that you need prayer for um and she was like uh I don't know and I was like do you have a relationship with God she's like maybe so I explained like God's a good father and like you can um, enter into relationship again through like his son, Jesus, who died for you. Um, and just like gave like a little bit of the gospel and she spoke English. Praise God. That was, <laughs> I'm saying these things in English. Um, and so I prayed for her and she looked at me and she was like, just amazed. And she was just like, thank you. And I said, how old are you? And she said 14. Um, and so nothing like crazy happened, but I went away from that and just had this like moment with the Lord of like, God, what do I do after that? Like, where do I take her? Where do I bring her? Um, and so this fall, um, one of the main, like, fruits is building the body, um, and this is, is really, like, just so beautiful, because the mission behind Saints Hill too is to equip the saints, right, and so, um, me being, like, very, like, outreach oriented. We can like go and and share the gospel. We can go and like pray for people, but they need like a family to come home to, to get discipled. Discipleship is the new evangelism, inviting people into your homes, teaching them the way of the kingdom. um, That's where life is going to be. And so Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the work for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so the mission is to equip and encourage the saints for the work of ministry and see Barcelona look more like heaven after that verse. Um, And that's something, again, like being built up here and going, um, something I I, uh, was going with. Um, And so next story, cultivating a culture of prayer. So after that interaction with the girl, I'm like, okay, like, where are the believers? Like, where are the people that we can, like, bring others into? Um, And my sweet friend Danielle, who just always – Danielle is like a person. Like we have pioneers in this family, right? Danielle hears from the Lord, and like the things that she's done in my life have just sparked some of the greatest seasons. And so I just want to honor you, Dan, and say thank you for just your obedience. And um, she literally just texted me, like, "Hey, I feel like this book is going to be good for your transition." And it was this book that um, where you do a forty-day prayer challenge. And so again, going back to like hitting the ground and being so task-oriented we weren't really praying a lot. Like, I have a team of, like, four or five people who've become my good friends. They run the CrossFit gym, and we do sport ministry all together. And we we're so, like, oriented about our projects. It's like, guys, we're not praying together. And so we participated in this um, 40-day prayer challenge where we started praying for something every day. And the attitude of, like, again, like, my friends who we all know Jesus were like, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll start praying. Yeah, sure. Um and then the Lord started moving in ways that were just like so tangible. Like my friend who needed a PISO, and we're like, "Okay, give us specifics." And he was like, "No, it's just, we don't need to do specifics." And we're like, "Come on! Like God is a good Father. Like give us specifics." Um, and so, then in, in like within two days, um, there was like a list of like three things, and he found a peso that lined up with that. And there was another like financial issue with the with the gym. Um, and so, just these little things like faith is built in little moments, right? Like sometimes we think we have to build, we have to pray for huge things, but just like the building of the saints in little prayers answered, like it was so good. And then one day, and this is kind of like, this is just this story is one of my favorite things. Um, I get a, a voice memo from our director. His name is Abe. And he's Catalan, so he's native to Barcelona, um, and I met him five years ago, and that's kind of when I got, like, an idea of what's happening in Europe, and he has known the Lord since he's like, 13, and just doesn't have community, like, doesn't have friends who know Jesus, and um, he's married to an American gal, Amy, I love them so much, and um, his prayer through this 40 day prayer challenge was just that like people would meet Jesus and be transformed by the love of God. Cause the ground had been so hard. He just had not seen people come to know Jesus. And so he sends us a voice memo and he's like, you can hear in his voice. He's, he's so amazed. He's like, guys, we just got a text from this couple who we met two years ago through CrossFit. Um, and they just told us over the weekend, they gave their, they gave their lives to Christ. And for him, like, and I know because of the context we're in, like, even being back home, there's been crazy testimonies and beautiful, uh, like, um, salvations. Like, there have been people this summer who've given their lives to the Lord, and it's like, it gets me going all the time. Um, but for Abe, that was one of the first fruits of, like, five years of praying for for this people, five years of, of praying for the city, um, and even longer. And so, uh, we all started kind of to get this sense of the Lord is like up to something in the city. Um, And they met with the couple uh, and they shared their story. Um, And kind of out of that, they're like, they don't have a place to go and be discipled. And there's churches in Barcelona, but they're just so scattered and far away and there's not a lot of Spanish ones. And so Abe and Amy were like feeling led to start a house church Um, and being like, that sounds terrifying and how do we do that? And all these different things. Um, so we got together and we're like, hey, let's just start. If you're feeling uh, led by the Lord to do this, let's just start. Um, and so daily discipleship um, in the ministry of questions. And so we kind of got uh, together as a body Um And uh, as that happened, I decided, oh, I need to go learn Spanish. If we're going to do a Spanish church, I have to get really good at Spanish. And at the same time, I would play soccer, like, three times a week, games on the weekend, doing daily life um, with women. Um, I had teammates from France, Denmark, Sweden, and then also a lot of um, Spanish uh, women. And one of my teammates, actually, um, she had a radical come-to-Jesus moment, like, years ago. We met her through... um, like a network of like Christians in sport and it's very rare to know another believer like in women's soccer that's just like how it is and so um even in the text like God sends people in twos right like he sends us together because community in the context of relationship with each other is actually a witness to the world too and so when you go on mission go with people and sometimes that's when you meet your best friends like literally Hannah and I just, like, came to Oregon, and just, like, the friendship that came out of that, and so go on mission with people, and um, the Lord will provide people, Um, so luckily, Karen was completely fluent in Spanish, and loved the Lord, so we were in a passing circle, and um, all of our teammates had kind of figured out, like, these, these girls are kind of weird, like, (laughs) They go to church sometimes, and but what is church? They literally were like, what is it church like when you go there? Like, what do you do? Um, and so at one point they asked Karen, like, hey, are you, um, are you religious? And she said, no, I have a relationship with God. This is in Spanish, and I am understanding it, but there's some things that I don't understand, so I'm going to just give you what I understood. And she said, I have a relationship with God. And they say, huh, what God do you believe in? And she said, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And one of them responded and said, I've never heard of the Holy Spirit. Like, what is that? And this is where my language cut off and I couldn't understand anything. But um, what I did see is that same curiosity that we read about in the text, uh, the curiosity of like, hey, something is different here and I want to figure it out. And our teammates walked away and they were talking to each other Um and so just, like, as an encouragement in this house for, like, evangelism, open up your life in such a way that people will come and ask you questions. Like, I see, I think sometimes we think about mission and evangelism being, like, um, I have to go into the streets all the time and be, like, preaching, preaching, preaching. And it's, like, as simple as allowing people to ask you questions and having a response for them and loving them enough to tell them the truth. Um and so uh, that's kind of what mission in, in, like, soccer looks like is yeah, just daily life. You can't hide very much. And this applies, I think, for us, like, here, uh, co-workers, um, classes, like, that you're in. And so it's not necessarily, like, our mission is for the mission field, right, where I go to another place. It's, it's everywhere all the time. Praise the Lord. Um, and so speaking of school, I went back to classes. Um, in Barcelona, I... Again, we're in an era of revival in the church, and it's so exciting. I've seen it here and still seeing it in Barcelona, and it's a gathering place of nations. That's what's crazy about the city and um, a part of my heart. God loves um, the nations and people from all over the place. So I was uh, daily in classes with um, people from uh, Russia, from Morocco, Tunisia, um, other parts of Europe, and... Um, Usually the the like opening of conversations went like this: "So why are you in Barcelona?" And it's really just because God called me there, and there's there's not like other things to say. And so I said, "I follow Jesus," and five years ago heard God call me here, and um, like entrance into like gospel conversations. And man, the responses from people were so funny. Like some people were like, "Cool," and then and then others were like. I've had uh, specifically friends from like the Middle East area they're like you you love God or like you have a relationship with God um, it was just so sweet how receptive people are um, and one day in class um, we had like a prompt to practice in Spanish and um, it was what do you do it was like giving advice um, and my friend um, he was like so what should I do if I have nightmares and just offhand without thinking I was like pray before you go to sleep and his face lit up, and he was like, you pray? I was like, yeah. Like, I love God. <laughs> and and he was like, you seem like you pray. It seems like your prayers do something. You have joy. And, like, you're not, like, pushing it on anybody, but, like, like you seem like a person from the storybook. And so I was like, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. When you trust and follow Jesus, like, you receive the Spirit of God, and, like, you're free. Um And just, like, for me, seeming, like, such, like, a casual, like, yeah. Like, when we're walking through the streets, like, we talk about that. Like, when I'm with my friends from Saints Hill, it's like, hey, what's God doing in your life? Well, you will never believe. Um, And so just sharing simple things like that, um, there was fruit. Um, Next, I uh, had a walking class, and a friend who was running from, not running, but his family had come from Russia and was staying in Barcelona because of the war. And Barcelona has it's an intersection point where it's crazy. People go there for like quality of life because it's like really fun and beautiful. Um, but then people also go there because they're looking for freedom from places that they just don't have freedom. Um, and and so again, it's like this collision place. And I was walking with him and just offhand, he asked me, he said, hey, there's something to do with your faith and your sport. Can you explain that to me? Um And so I did. I said, yeah, uh, humans are made in the image of God, and we're created to collaborate with him. He's given us desires and talents. Humans are made to worship. And for me, soccer is, like, a medium to, like, give glory to God and, like, worship him. Like, he's a good father. It's like he's in the stands, like, watching me play, like, gives him glory. And so, like, we're actually made um, with gifts and talents to, like, give back to him. And he was like, wow. And he said, uh, I've never been around anybody who could, like, explain religion. Like, I've just never known a Christian. I've never, he didn't even say Christian. Like, I've never known a person um, who can explain these things. And at the end, I asked if I could pray for him. And he's like, yes, please. And I said, what do you want um, me to pray for? Or what do you need? he said, joy and that the the war would end. And so um, I did. We prayed together and even in the fall of just, like, recognizing, like, God hears our prayers. <laughs> like, prayer is the foundation for ministry. It's the foundation for um, just anything. And so getting to pray with him in belief of that, um, he was, like, he was brighter after. He said, thank you. He was kind of amazed. And, again, language barrier. Um, but I went home, or I went in the metro, and I just, like, broke down. I was like, God, this is your heart for people that it's, it's not just about my life it's not just about withholding things but like we need to like go and do the stuff like like uh, Bo said a couple a couple weeks ago we have to go and live out the gospel guys pray for people give them um, a testimony of Jesus in the way that you love them and see them and pray with them um, last uh story from classes, um, pull up, ah, nice. Okay, so all my classmates figured out I was a Christian, and then they started asking me questions, <laughs> lots of questions, um, and so there's there's a lot of different conversations, but one day my, my teacher came in and he put up this podcast, and um, it was basically uh, this interview with a couple of girls who went on like a religious retreat from Madrid, and I listened to it, and it basically was these girls who went and like met Jesus on this retreat and came home. And so this is like um, a bit from El Pais, is like a news, it's a news source. And so a bunch of people are like, should we be worried about this? <laughs> like these these kids are going and they're saying they're like encountering God and coming back. Um, and so it's just like it was interesting. So I wanted to sit down with him, and he's, he spoke English too. And so there was like a a. a a way to actually describe it. And so I sat down I said, hey, why did you like bring this to class? Like, why did you, we have a, a bunch of people from different backgrounds, different religions and stuff. Um, and he's like, I want to know what you think about this. And uh, so he asked me and I told him my testimony. I was like, this is how I met Jesus at like 11 years old. I went on a retreat and I heard the gospel Um and I, like, encountered the love of God. And for the first time ever, it felt like life went from, like, black and white into color. And um, and he was like, and then what happened? <laughs> and then I kept following him and and learned, like, your life is for the Lord. Like, we get fullness of life with walking with Jesus. And he kept on asking questions. And he said things like, I've, I, like, he said, I just want to keep on hearing these things. Like, can you just keep telling me, like, the things that... Um, that you're like learning from God. And at the end, he said, um, there was this one moment in my life that I thought maybe God is starting to speak with me. And he said, it was, it was a voice so big that it scared me. And, um, he said, cause I always thought he had been exposed to like, um, the old Testament. He said, if, if you meet God, like you're going to die. And so he was like, I don't, I don't want to like, yeah, I ran away. And I said, that's actually crazy. Um, In the Old Testament, like, that was how it was. Like, God is so holy. He's so big. Like, um, because of sin, like, people used to not be able to meet with him. Like, you would die. But that's the point of Jesus. Like, that's why Jesus came, so that— when you follow him, you actually can, like, meet with God and not die. And told him the story that Saints Hill, like, our even name as a body comes from when Moses, like, was going to lead the Israelites up, and they were afraid to meet with God. Um, and so God's desire to have a people, um, a, a priest, a royal priesthood. Um, and so I left that conversation, and he had a follow-up. He, wanted, he was like, hey, can I meet with you and hear more about this? And it honestly felt like the chapter out of John, where like Nicodemus is seeking out Jesus, um, where he's like, "Okay, but how do you get into the kingdom?" And Jesus is like, "Become like a child." And he's like, "How are you born again?" And that's that's it's what it felt like. Um, and uh, we even talked about childlikeness, and he was like, "It's like you are a child, but you're saying such wise things." <laughs> and like, yeah, that's God. That is Jesus. That's the power of um, the Lord. And at the end I was like, so what are you looking for? Um, and he said, I don't know, like maybe it's Jesus. I was like, are you just saying that? Like, are you pulling my leg? And, uh, again, like supernatural and every day. And, and at the end he couldn't, he couldn't get there yet. He did it. He said, I think it might be this, but I just don't know yet. Um, and so he didn't end up giving his life to the Lord, but got to pray with him after. And the curiosity was stoked up in him. Um, and just these seeds being laid, I was seeing the receptivity of people. Um, and God is going after like his people. He loves people so much that, um, yeah, he wants them freed, healed, and delivered. Um, and so to wrap up the final story, um, then we'll get into a time of activation. Um, so that couple that we heard about in the fall, um, um, like two weeks before I came home, uh, Amy, one of our directors and I have the same birthday. So we played volleyball cause we're all sport people. Um, and so her friends came, my friends came and, uh, there was this, um, family there and I was like, man, there's something about them that I haven't met them before, but, um, they seem familiar. Uh, And the little girl, one of the little girls comes up and asks for cherries and she speaks in like perfect English. And I had known that the couple from the fall, they were Australian and Catalan and so spoke English and Spanish. Um, And so I was like, is this that family that like completely met the Lord? And so I walk over to um, the mom, Clara, and I just like wanted to meet her. I was like, hi, I'm Mariah. Um, And I, are you the one who gave your life to Jesus? And she said, yes. And just looked at me with, like, like Holy Spirit joy and freedom. And I was like, can I hear your story? And she said, absolutely. Um, and so she went on to tell me that she had been born um, in Catalonia. And um, her parents were uh, physicians and they were atheists. Um, she was baptized in the Catholic Church but, like, never went back. Um, and she had actually seen in the Spirit since she was a kid. So she would see the demonic angels, all the... Um, yeah, she would see in the spirit, and so her parents were like, don't talk about that. People are going to think you're crazy, Um, but she grew up and kind of just got into a lot of, like, dark things, dark places, and um, yeah, and met her husband, Evan. They moved to Australia. They started a family, um, and if I think about a year ago, she said our family was falling apart, and there was just this darkness over us, and she didn't go into... deep. Uh, details or anything like that, Um, but she kind of confessed, like, I didn't know what was going to happen to us, Um, and one day, she was just in her home, um, and she saw a video. She saw a video of somebody getting delivered in the name of Jesus, and um, she told me, and this whole time, she's like, praise the Lord, like, I love God so much, and just, like, constant, like, declaring just, like, how good Jesus is, Um, and she said, nobody all of my life had told me that Jesus has power over darkness. Just her whole life, her whole life. She had no idea. She was dealing with these um uh yeah, just like these spirits and this this darkness. And she said, Nobody ever told me that he had power and authority over um over darkness. And so she dropped on her knees and she cried out to God and she said, God, will you save me? Like not knowing the God, not knowing anything um, of the scriptures. And she said, All of a sudden, she like felt. Um, she called it a pressure, and she's like, I know now it's the Holy Spirit. Um, and she ends up, like, getting freed, saved, and delivered. Um, freed, healed, saved, and delivered. And, uh, yeah, like, um, has this moment of deliverance where, like, something dark, like, left her. And then the Spirit of God came, and she said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Like, you're the king. I want to follow you. And she said she was on the ground, and she looked up, and in the door, she could see Jesus. And he said, it is finished, um, and so, yeah, praise God. That's, that's good news. Her husband comes home and she's like, Evan, we're going to follow God. We're going to follow Jesus. And so literally he comes home. He's like, okay, great. And so she shares the gospel <laughs> with her husband. Um, and then their kids, they have four sweet little babies. And, um, a couple weeks ago, like when she was telling me this story, she said, and then two weeks ago, all of our kids got baptized. We've all been like baptized and we're following Jesus Um, and she said, we didn't have a Bible, so we had to go find a Bible, and they only have one, and they say that, like, the Holy Spirit tells them, hey, like, go read this in the scriptures, go read this in the scriptures, and sometimes they can't find their Bible, because they have one, I'm like, Clara, get a second Bible, Um, and so they're just, like, um, just getting so much life from the scriptures, and reading through it, and they need a people, and so what ended up happening, so, like, in the fall, when um, they got saved and all and they were like being discipled by the Holy Spirit and the scriptures are like, okay, the Bible says we need to do it with people so like where how can we find them and so they visited different places and essentially just couldn't find um, like people to disciple them and um, there had been like different, churches and stuff but the depth that they needed they just didn't feel peace on um anywhere and especially with like their background of like learning how to follow Jesus after coming from such a intense um yeah place in their lives uh and so that's why they reached out to Abe and Amy because they said two years ago we met you guys and you said you're Christians so <laughs> we we need to learn how to be Christians <laughs> can you teach us um And so they joined our house church. That was like the little blip outside of, uh, or like the the outcome of of prayer. Um, And yeah, praise the Lord. He's he's, uh, calling people to himself. And this is one story that we know of, but um, the ministry that we like, Work under is called Agape, and it's a homeless outreach. And so my team with uh, athletes in action, we don't like specifically um, do that quite yet. Like we're building the body, um, but they're saying that people are coming to Agape who met Jesus um, just in their own homes or like in the streets, and they don't know where to go. So they Google like how to serve because the scriptures say like go serve the poor, and that's how they find Agape, and that's how they find Christians. And so there's a movement in Europe where people are like actually encountering Jesus, like in their homes in the streets and looking for people to do life with ain't God good God is so good right um so moving to activation we're going to take some time um yeah to bring it back home and um yeah do uh, some listening prayer and so going back to that how how we're sent by Jesus intimacy before initiation of mission I really believe today that God is just getting started, and um, like you, guys, there are things that the Lord has put on your heart to do, and there are things that um, He wants to do through His people. Um, so we're just going to take uh, some time to be quiet, so you can close your eyes, um, and we're just going to ask the Lord. Uh, yeah, Jesus, thank you for your power and authority. God, thank you that you're raising up a people. Um, chosen and holy, Um, and Lord, we just come before you as your sons and daughters, and we uh, ask you, Holy Spirit, what have you given us um, specifically to give away? I believe right now God is reminding some of you of, of your first love, that when you first met him, um, he actually met you in a specific way. And so, Holy Spirit, yeah, would you just remind us of the joy of our salvation? Um, also in worship team, you can start to come up. And then last, uh, take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, um, what the spaces are that he's sending you into. God, thank you that you work in our, our every day. Lord, that mission um, is found in, in the curiosity of people's questions. Um, so, Lord, would you just give us pictures and images of um, physical places right now, Lord? Um, yeah, where are you sending your people Jesus? 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Your identity and your belonging is first found at the feet of Jesus. That's the place that we go from. That's the place that we're sent from. That's the place that the world is looking to get to, is at the feet of Jesus. And so be ready in season and out of season. God is constantly saying something to us as his people, corporately and specifically. Often when he's speaking to us as individuals, it actually harmonizes with the body. That specific thing he's inviting you into, the Holy Spirit is up to good throughout the world. It starts here in your home place with your neighbors and to the nations. And if your heart, like mine, burns to see people around you transformed by the gospel, we have to be living witnesses of truth, to know the truth and to tell it that the most loving thing you can do is to give uh, Jesus away to people. And if that scares you a bit, that's okay. Okay because you don't go on your own power or authority. You go on the authority of Christ Jesus. Um, and so we uh, are going to enter into a time of communion. Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you, or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the app store, or visit our website.